I get excited every time I read Jesus, the Son of God. Now, what's he telling them? He's saying, listen, listen, you know who you have on your side? The perfect person. Listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard. Glad you're with us today as we continue to answer that question Who do you serve? And, Pastor, uh, in the beginning of this uh, short series, we saw that ultimately it is the person of Christ. We began to uh, look at then what is ours in Christ. I want to talk uh, just briefly maybe today about the application of that. So if we have all these things in Christ, everything is ours in Christ, what should that mean for the believer or the follower of Jesus? Uh, well, it should mean that, uh, first of all, we have uh, contentment because we understand we are totally sustained uh, by who he is. Notice I did not say what he gives us. First hmm. uh, Corinthians chapter 1 uh, tells us in verse 29, but Christ is made unto us wisdom, sanctification, redemption, righteousness. In other words, he is our righteousness. Yeah. You know, I stopped praying, Lord, give me peace. Do you know, want to know why, Steve? Why is that? Because I read Ephesians 2.18. says he has broken down the middle wall partition that separates us. He is our peace. Now, I learned in English 101 that is is the present tense of the verb to be, which means then he's not saying I give you peace. Mm -hmm. He's saying I am your peace. All right. So certainly there have been times in life where you don't feel that peace, where you don't feel peaceful. So then how do you, in your mind, kind of process through that? Okay. Jesus is saying, I am your peace. And you're over here going, but I don't feel it right now. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hear the answer to this. Okay. <laughs> you know, now a word from our sponsor, Philippians chapter four, six and seven, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know the answer, Steve? Pray. <laughs> I, think I do. Yep. Thank God. Supplicate. Yes, most definitely. All right. So when we don't feel like these things that are promised to us in Scripture are, you know, active in our life and we're not feeling it, I hear you say we're going we're going back to Scripture and we're going to prayer. We're going back to Scripture. We're going to trust the Scripture and we're going to pray. All right, let's open our Bibles right now to Hebrews chapter 4 as we continue the message, Who Do You Serve? Here is Pastor Ford. We spent uh, eight weeks on Psalm 23. We got the Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And then the next part where he says, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let me give you the, the picture for that. See, what would happen is the shepherd would graze his flock in the lowlands. Uh, in the wintertime because the mountains were snow-capped and the grass would be growing. Uh, they'd nibble it down and by springtime wouldn't be anything for them to graze on. But the shepherd knows that the snow is melting and the lush green grass is going to be available for his sheep. 
So he goes through the valley. As he goes through the valley, there are red berries that look like strawberries. And sheep are dumb. Some of them are so dumb that they will eat the red poison berries thinking it's strawberries. You know, sheep do that. Uh, they watch folk on TV uh, that... Uh, you know, don't have sound doctrine and then come back and, and, and judge the word by what they done heard on TV. Well, anyway, let me just, so, so he would go through, he plucked all the poison berries off. Then he'd go up and the lush green grass, he'd find out where he's going to graze his flock. Then he would go through the grass because when uh, the winter uh, uh, happened on the mountaintop, there are these poison asps. They're snakes. And these poison asps would be coming out of hibernation. So he would find the asp hole. And he would take sulfur mix and oil and put it around the entrance and the exit of the snake hole. And uh, then he would go get the sheep. They gray, they nibble some blueberries, strawberries on the way up. He take them where they're going to be. So the snakes are coming up out of hibernation. They smell the oil and they, and the sulfur mix and they go back down. And the sheep smell the sulfur and they move away from the hole. So then David, who was a shepherd, said, that's what God does for me. I got haters. I had haters last year. I'm going to have haters this year. But my haters, God will make my elevators. Because what he's going to do, he's going to prepare things for me. And he's got some stuff for me that he's not going to let me have until my haters RSVP. They got the RSVP because they got to see him bless me. Let's move on. Let's finish this message. Now notice, moving right along. They say, confidently cling to Christ. That's your only goal this year. You don't need a whole slip of paper. That's right. Amen. You don't need to check anything. Because if you cling to Christ, everything else is going to fall in place. That's what he's telling us. So he says, confidently cling to Christ. Why? Because he's a personal great high priest. Confidently cling to Christ. Why? Because he's a present great high priest. Then notice thirdly, confidently cling to Christ because he's a perfect great high priest. Look at what it says in the text. Text says, verse 14b, seeing then we have a great high priest, that, hati clause, so that result is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. He's saying he's a perfect priest. Now notice, perfect in two ways, his performance and his person. Let's look at it. He says, Jesus has passed into the heavens. Now, if you don't read your Bible and you don't know the Old Testament, you won't understand the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is best understood when it's interpreted in the context of the Old Testament. So then when I say passed into the heavens, now you know that there are three heavens, right? right? You know there are three heavens, right? Okay, I'm glad you ain't the only one to know that, Brother Green. So the first heaven you see by day. The second heaven, you see by night. The third heaven, you see by faith. So the Bible says, Jesus passed to them. Now here's what he's doing. He's contrasting. He's saying, you want to go back to the ritual, but you got the reality. In the ritual, here's what happened. On Yom Kippur, say Yom, Yom. Kippur. It means 
Yom Day Kippur Atonement. So the great day of atonement on the Jewish calendar, Tishri, the month Tishri. On our calendar, October 10th slash 11. What would happen on that day? The high priest would get an opportunity to go into the inner court and stop at the brazen lava and slay the bullock for the sins of all the people. Then he would go to the brazen lava, wash himself off. Then he'd go into the holy place where the seven golden candlesticks were, the showbread and the altar of incense. But he would do something. He would go beyond the veil. There was a curtain, according to Matthew 25. It was 60 feet high, according to Josephus, thick as a man's hand. And it was a separating veil that kept people from seeing the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized the presence of God. Only one person could go in once a year. He would have the golden incense and the bowl of blood. He'd go in backwards. He'd turn around, pour the blood on the mercy seat, and get up out of there. And he says, let me tell you about Jesus. He did not go through the earthly inner court or the holy place into the holy of holies. He passed through the heavens. Now, I ain't got time to read these, but you write them down. Ephesians, write them down. Ephesians 4.8 and Colossians 2.15. I'm going to tell you what they mean. Here's what he's saying. You see, when he offered the sacrifice for the people at the altar, it wasn't complete. He had to go all the way and pour it on the mercy seat in order for it to be complete. So then Jesus told Mary at, at the resurrection Sunday, don't touch me. And the reason he said it, now somebody said, well, why did he tell Thomas touch me? Because that was after he had went into heaven. He couldn't let Mary touch him because the high priestly work of offering the blood on the mercy seat wasn't done. So these two scriptures tell us this, that he went through the first heaven, the sky. When he got through the second heaven, the devil and his demons tried to stop him. Ephesians 2.15 says he spoiled principalities. Let me tell you what it, what, what it literally means, that the devil and his angels tried to stop him because he had liberated us from our sin and liberated the Old Testament souls that were in, in paradise. And he was bringing them up and the blood up and they tried to stop him. And the Bible says he literally stripped demons from himself as he went into the holy of holies. He, he went to the third heaven, walked through the pearly gates on the streets of gold, went to the very throne of God and poured out the blood on the mercy seat in heaven. He's saying we've got a high priest. He's got a perfect performance. And I'll tell you, y'all know how to work a preacher. And so what did Jesus do? See, Jesus didn't do it like the Old Testament priests. See, the Old Testament priests got it as quick as he can. Bible says Jesus sat down. He sat down. Now, now I know that doesn't excite you. Because you're saying, now you're telling us you want to help us in the new year to confidently cling to Christ. But preacher, you got to make theology, duology for most of us. Because for most of us, we don't even put that on our notes. You're listening to Treasure Truth, and we're going to look at a more practical application from Pastor Ford in just a little bit. Our message is called, Who Do You Serve? And if you miss any part of today's program or maybe a, a previous broadcast in the series, come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. There you can stream programs through your computer or mobile device. You can download MP3s or order copies of this broadcast on CD. One other way to listen on the go, download the Moody Radio app. We'll uh, link you to the app when you come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Again, here is Pastor Ford. 
Well, let me tell you what he's saying. This is the first month of a new year. So, I know you're not going to believe this. But in February, you're going to sin. I'm going to sin. Y'all not going to believe this. Deke, I know you ain't going to believe this about you. In March, you're going to sin. Really? I know you're surprised. But here's what it means. Jesus' sacrifice was so perfect that he covered our sins before we ever committed them. Now, you're not excited about that either. See, you're just thinking about your sins. But it's not just your sins. It's your sickness. It's your supply. He's put everything in place for you. Let, let me tell you. Uh, uh, look at John 6. Turn in real quick. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, help the preacher. I don't want to keep you past 1 o'clock. But if I do, he covered that. Look at John 6. Now, this is the feeding of the 5,000. We studied it a number of times. And so Jesus says to them, John 6, here's what he says. He says, uh, look at verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, saw a great company come unto him and said unto Philip, wherewith shall we buy bread that we may eat? And he said this to do what? Prove him. For he himself knew what he was going to do. Before they ever had the problem, Jesus had the plan. Man, look, some of you are wondering, you're wondering, and, 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 and our sister got upset because they put her on hold, and this, it just fit right in my sermon, uh, and next week too, because I'm going to say it again, that, that, that what she found out was she wasn't put on hold to hurt her, but that God was working something out for her benefit. Hey, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, take a chill pill. Why are you trying to figure it out? Tell him, why are you trying to figure it out? Jesus done already worked it out. So I'm going to cling to him. Why? Jesus is the answer for the world today. He's got my answer. So if my answer is with him, then I got to hook up with him. I got to hook up. Holler if you hear me. Hey. See that perfect performance? You see how it plays out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that doesn't give me a license to sin. You know that. But what it tells me is Calvary covered it all. A perfect performance. That means this new year, I want to confidently cling to Christ. Because, now I did this before. I found about five prepositions. I showed you how every preposition means something for us about Christ. Well, I found about four more. Let me give you the old ones and the new ones. Okay, everybody knows what a preposition is. Ooh, that was a weak one. Oh, okay, preposition. In, through, of, about, for, by. Those are prepositions. Okay, now, now listen to this. Just prepositions in the Bible. And you run the references for these prepositions. Here's what it tells us. Every time it says, in Christ, over 3,000 times, you know what it's talking about? Our salvation. 
when it says through Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our sanctification. When it says for Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our dedication. When it says from Christ, what's it talking about? Our accommodations or provisions. When it says of Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our purification. When it says about Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our revelation. When it says to Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our adoration. When it says on Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our stabilization. When it says by Christ, guess what it's talking about? Our consecration. And when it says like Christ, it's talking about our emulation. It's all about Christ. Now here's the bottom line. What this perfect performance tells us is that even though you don't know it, you need to prepare yourself to go through some things that you're not going to like, but don't worry about it. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And the, God is going to work it out so that you benefit from everything that you go through. But then notice, notice with me, notice with me. Not just a perfect performance, but a perfect person. Now, now see, you got you to gotta work with me here. And you just have to, you know you're a pastor. I'm a stoic I'm not a very emotional person. I'm quiet, reserved, and an introvert. I get excited every time I read Jesus, the Son of God. Because it, it says to me, now what's he telling them? He's saying, listen, listen, you know who you have on your side? The perfect person. Now what does it take to be a perfect person? Jesus, humanity, Son of God, deity. Why, is, why do you have to be? Because the job of the high priest was to represent men, God for men, and represent men to God. Well, guess what? He couldn't do it perfectly, but Jesus did it perfectly. Why? Because he's 100% man, 100% God, no mixing of the two natures. We just learned on watch night, it's called the hypostatic union, and it has to have a hyphen in between God and man because there's no mixing of the two natures. His humanity did not cancel out his deity and his deity doesn't cancel out his humanity. He's the perfect person. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. We have one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. Wow. That shouts me. I begin to think about it. I say, man, look at here. I, I say it all the time. Come on, say it with me. The son of God became the son of man, that the sons of men may become the sons of God. Woo, hallelujah. See, get this, get this. Let me work with this just a little bit. See, what that means is this. In eternity, Jesus lay in the bosom of a father without a mother. But in time, he lay in the bosom of a mother without a father. So then Jesus Christ is the only one that was born as old as his father and older than his mother. As a matter of fact, he's the only child who created his own mama. Now think about this, think about this. Think about this. The baby in the manger in Matthew 1 is the creator God in Genesis 1. Man. And so you look at this God man. It is, here's what I like to say He's a potentate in a pamper. 
He's deity in a diaper. So who is he? What well, is his mama's side and his daddy's side? His humanity and his deity. See, on his mama's side, he was born in time. But on his daddy's side, he's the ancient of days, the eternal one, no beginning, no end. On his mama's side, he was from Nazareth. But on his daddy's side, he was from everlasting to everlasting. On his mama's side, he grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. But on his daddy's side, he's the omniscient one, the one who never matriculated, the one who never learned anything because he knows everything. On his mama's side, he got hungry and sent his disciples away to get him a Big Mac number one supersize while he sat at a well. But on his daddy's side, he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. You eat of this bread, you have eternal life. On his mama's side, he got thirsty, sat down by a well, and let a hoochie give him some water. But on his daddy's side, he said, I am the living water. If you drink of me, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. On his Mama's side, he was sleeping a boat because he was tired. But on his daddy's side, he got up and said, peace, be still, and calm the waters. On his mama's side, he was tired. And he said, I got to come apart before I come apart. But on his daddy's side, he said, come unto me, all ye that are laboring heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest unto your soul. On his mama's side, he died a one Friday and was buried in a borrowed tomb, but on his daddy's side, early, 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 Sunday morning, he got up. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, and what a great way to wrap up thinking about the fact that Jesus got up because of the resurrection we can have new life in Christ. You know, maybe as you've been listening to Pastor Ford recently, you've come to realize that you don't know this Jesus that he's talking about in the way that he's been talking about. The fact that you can have this relationship with him, that it's not just religion. It's not just going to church and giving some money. But no, you can actually know God and have a relationship with him. You know, that's possible because God created us to have relationship with him. I mean, he's the Lord of all creation. And because sin entered the world, we're now born with the sin nature. Because of that sin, we can't be declared right with God. We need that Savior to come. And that's exactly what Jesus has done. He's come, gone to the cross, paid the penalty through the shedding of his blood for all who will confess their sin and begin a walk of faith with him. But... How do we begin that walk with him? Well, it's really through that relationship of faith that God offers to us. You know, if uh, you don't know Christ in this way, but you feel that nudging in your spirit, then I want to encourage you to call this toll-free number. Talk with someone about beginning that relationship with Jesus. The number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Someone is there to talk with you, to pray with you, to answer questions that you may have about what faith in Jesus is all about. Well, last time, the number's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.